This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This week, Apple held its annual iPhone event where the company not only announced four new iPhone models, but two new iPads, a new Apple Watch, and some updates to various software products. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow. We are going to opine on about what we thought about with Apple's California streaming event. Perlow, overarching thoughts yesterday of the iPhone 13 announcement as well as everything else that Apple included. What do you think? They had a lot of junk to show. <laughs> junk. <laughs> that's that's a one way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was- I do... There was a lot packed in an hour and 15 minutes. A lot. So as I, as I expected, they led with the content, right? Um, that, that seemed to indicate, based on the name of the event, right, what, what, what they were going with this, in terms of theme. It's all about consuming the content and then creating the content. That's the way I kind of read the event, right? Um, you know, they, they started with all the new $1 billion investment that they committed to in 2019 for Apple TV Plus for content. And they showed all the new shows coming out, uh, one of which is Foundation, uh, the first two episodes of September 24th. Um, the most expensive, one of the most expensive television productions, maybe the most expensive television production in television history, even more really? than Game of Thrones. Estimated $5 million plus per episode, um, hour per hour, as expensive as any big budget uh, Hollywood production that you could ever do on an hour, hour so budgetary expensive? basis. Oh, well, first of all, let's take just think about all the CGI that they're going to have to do for for that. I mean, this is Isaac Asimov's um, series that was published, you know, in the early 1950s, won the Hugo Award for the best science fiction series of uh, the, you know, ever in 1966. Um, it is the OG hard sci-fi that inspired both Star Trek and Star Wars and just about every science fiction thing you've ever seen. Gotcha. Um, so it will be, you know, it's a story about, you know, a, a galactic empire. Sounds familiar, right? Uh, <laughs> that is deteriorating over a thousand year period, kind of like the Roman Empire. And it shows, it tells that story. And there's lots of characters and lots of worlds and lots of things. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. I cannot wait to see it. Um, but this was a big, big, big money investment for Apple. So, I mean, if this succeeds, we're likely to see big, more expensive things from them um, afterwards, for sure. Yeah. So the very first thing they talked about, like you said, was Apple TV and Apple TV Plus and how well all of their shows have been doing. And, but eh, that part was pretty boring to me. I didn't... I don't care how many nominations Ted Lasso has or how many awards it's won. I, I just don't care. It's a good show. It's one of my favorite shows to watch. Absolutely. I look forward to every Friday in a new episode, but I get it. They have to recap and you know justify somewhat to investors why they invested all that money into it and, and kind of tease what's coming up next. But right after they talked about Apple TV+, Plus, they dove into iPads. And now there were some rumors yeah. heading into the event that we would see a ninth generation iPad with a slightly refreshed design, as well as an iPad mini with a brand new design that matches the iPad Pro, 
the new iPhone flat edge design as well as the iPad Air. And then the weekend before the event, those rumors turned to Apple's going to hold those and announce them in October. Well, the original rumors were true. Mm-hmm. Refreshed ninth generation iPad running an A13 Bionic processor has a new 12 megapixel ultra wide 122 degree field of view front facing camera that enables center stage, which is that new front facing camera feature the iPad Pro debuted with last or earlier this year that follows you around the room as you talk and walk around. Um, and then we also saw a new iPad mini, flat edge design, touch ID in the sleep wake button, which is on top of the iPad mini now. And the screen has grown in size from 7.9 to 8.3 inches. I am very excited for both of these updates, but I'm also a little confused about the iPad mini update and not that it exists still. I get it. Uh, it's been in the lineup for years, but about who it's for. I don't know. What do you think Perlo, about the new iPads? I, I've written two pieces about this. Um, look, I think that there is a certain use case that Apple looked at, right? Because you have to spend, assume they spent millions of dollars of research and time deciding what to put in this thing. Um, it is for someone who uh, needs the bigger screen but doesn't want a full-size tablet, uh, wants something they can tote around with them, has 5G connectivity, has the ability to consume all the content, use all the apps, take notes, all those other things. So I think it's a similar use case scenario to the um, the Galaxy Fold um, or, or what Microsoft wanted to do with the Duo. But the price point on this thing is less than either of those devices. Even if you buy the 5G version, you're looking about, uh, I think it was like Six forty nine or something, maybe seven ninety nine with the five G and the full one twenty eight is what I was looking at. Um, that that's it's a it's a it was, or it was a two fifty six. I don't remember the, the, the amount of memory it had on it, but it was a lot at that price point. Um, I think it's a great device that, for all practical purposes, it's a big phone that does everything without being able to act as a phone, which I thought was which I think is odd, you know. But um, for whatever reason. I, 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 if I had to get stuck with one device, like if I couldn't own both a full size iPad and an iPhone, I would, you know, if I was a college student, you know, someone living in a small uh, studio apartment uh, in a shared, you know, uh, living scenario with other people, or if I had to use a lot of mobile connectivity plus public Wi Fi access and stuff, if I was on a budget, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the device I would get, most likely. I would say so. Yeah, yes. For me, it's, it's, and I talked about this in a video I recorded already for ZDNet, but for me, it's a little telling in the fact that the iPad mini doesn't have smart connector on the back, which is what Apple uses for its keyboard accessories. And there's no first party keyboard accessory for the iPad mini. Um, And so you have to use a dedicated Bluetooth keyboard made by someone else in order to use it if you want to, you know, write on the iPad mini. And the small display doesn't really lend itself to that. Um, but for me, it's, it's either a consumption device or a creativity device for someone who likes drawing and writing with the Apple pencil consumption in that you can, it's, it's the display quality is there. I assume I haven't had my hands on one yet, but we know Apple does great with displays, um, for watching shows, you know, watching Netflix, Apple TV plus content, uh, playing video games, they showed that quite a bit. A Nintendo Switch maybe style competitor because you have the touch controls and the smaller form factor. Yeah. Like, I just don't, a Kindle or an Apple Book device, 
I don't know. I can't wait to get my hands on one to see where it fits in my daily workflow. I, as someone who owns an iPad Pro and an iPhone 12 Pro, this is smack dab in the middle of those two devices size-wise. And I, I just, I need to figure out, like I've said a hundred times already, who this is for. And and at $499, it's, it's quite a jump up from the $329 yeah. entry-level iPad that does all the stuff that I just talked about, you know, it has the keyboard accessories, it has Apple Pencil support, and still doesn't have 5G, but it does have LTE. And I think that thing's going to continue to sell and be the best-selling iPad that Apple has to offer. One thing Apple didn't do, though, and I know I'm going to trigger you with this, is bring USB-C to the base model iPad. No, which they, they did, did not. Which they did to the iPad Mini. Um, and so I think that... There's mixed signals there. It is the most popular iPad. It's the best-selling iPad. I don't understand why they haven't made the transition over to a feature that they touted for the iPad Mini being an excellent feature to speed up a lot of people's workflow. Yeah. I, I, well, let's we'll get into the whole. We should probably get into the whole weirdness of the charging situation that we're in now with how many how many different charging standards are actually across the product line, right? So, you got. It, it, it would have been nice if they went USB across the board on iPad. That would have made things sane, right? Um, you know, and of course, I think they should. Look, you and I know. I, I, I keep saying they should do this with i with iPhone. They should have done it with iPhone. At least the the iPad, the the pros, they should have done it with because of transfer speeds for all that professional content now that they're telling us that we're going to be able to make with these phones. They made a big deal about making 4K videos and, and HDR and all this stuff. Look, if you're going to have that, then give us Thunderbolt transfer rates on, on, on the thing already. You know, that's just that would have made some sense to put a USB-C if it had Thunderbolt, for sure, right? Um, it, the fact that well, we're, going to, we're going to talk about the watch in a bit, uh, and we'll probably talk about MagSafe, but look, uh, you know, there's a new there's a new uh, watch connector on the new watch that makes it go fast. Excuse me, it's a new USB C, but the right. same connector, so that it, it has a higher wattage transfer rate. Um, they didn't put MagSafe on the new iPads either. Um, you know, so it, we have three, like I said, three charging standards still within 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 the Apple line. We got MagSafe, we got USB C, we got Lightning. And no standardization across those lines. Each, you know, we have some of each on each line. It's it, with the exception of iPhone. You know, we got mix. We have a mix of charging standards with an iPad now, which makes zero sense to me. Uh, yeah. So point. why don't we why yeah. don't we start there with yeah. the Apple Watch Series Seven because you were just talking about its uh, charging yeah. setup. So Apple Watch Series Seven had a ton of rumors again heading into the event that there was a completely new rede redesign, completely new design with flat edges. It would yeah. look a lot like the iPhones and the iPad Pro do, uh, but those turned out to not be very true. It looks slightly different, but the biggest difference here is. It has increased in size. It went from 40 to 41 on the small end and 44 to 45 millimeters on the big end. But more importantly, the display, I think, jumped up by like 19% when you do the math and round it up. Because, yeah, because they cut the, the bezels, so there's more screen right. area, even though the, the swatch itself only slightly increased in size. So yeah, they, have the ability to show, they, have the, they have the ability to show a lot more data on the screen now, a considerable amount. Um, Including and a full-size miniature keyboard that you could type yeah. on to reply to text messages and whatnot. But so it's come out since that the processor inside the Series 7 
is identical to what is inside the Series 6. So there's not a huge upgrade there. You still can get LTE cellular models. Uh, really, outside of the increased display, the only other big call out for up, updates here is how it charges. And there, yeah. it's not just that it's USB-C now. From my understanding, there's internal changes inside the Series 7 that facilitates the faster wireless charging, which is exactly, I just triggered Siri on an iPhone. Um, it facilitates faster charging, just like Apple did, I think it was with the iPhone 11. They didn't re revamp anything as far as the coils went. They made them closer together for wireless charging, and I think that's what they're doing here. I haven't talked to Apple, so I don't know, I'm speculating. But there are changes inside the Series 7 that make it capable of charging faster. So if you buy this new USB-C Apple Watch charger, it's not going to charge the Series 6 any faster because it doesn't no. have those optimizations inside of it. Only the Series 7 does. Apple still touts 18-hour day of battery life, which it's actually a little bit more than that, but that's what they put on the spec sheet. But now you get eight minutes of charge. We'll give you eight hours worth of sleep monitoring or zero to 80% charge in 45 minutes. Both of those are exceptionally fast when you compare it to the current charging situation on the Apple Watch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to move from my Series 6 to a 7 based on that charging capability. I mean, I, I think it's nice to have that, that, that increased charging capability um, because it, it might alter your usage patterns of like waiting for something to charge and then you know going grabbing your watch i i usually just let it you know either sit overnight or the afternoon then I, and then i remember to go pick it up from the from the holder and put it back on um you know if i had a better notification facility where something would tell me your watch is now charged bam i would probably go grab it quicker but so, it, it, so little yeah. tip i'm gonna interrupt you real quick if you yep. set up sleep tracking yeah and you set up the bedtime mode when you charge your watch, it will tell you when it's fully charged. But you have to have sleep tracking enabled in order to oh. receive that alert because it wants you to know you can take it off. You know, they, they expect, I guess, people to charge your watch more often if they're wearing it overnight. If you set that up, you do get that alert. The bedtime mode or, or, uh, yeah. or sleep tracking? Yeah, the, well, the bedtime, bedtime mode, mode yeah. is part of sleep tracking, and it assumes if you have bedtime mode set up, you're going to track your sleep. But for whatever reason, once you enable, you tell your in the health app, you tell it what time you're going to go to bed or maybe, yeah, it's in the health app. You know, your, your cool down or wind down time starts at, let's say 10 PM. Um, and then you go to bed at 10 30 PM and then it knows to track. If you're not moving, it's tracking your sleep during that time. If it's not on the charger, but once that's enabled, you do receive alerts when your watch is fully charged. Oh, even when oh, even when you're not sleeping, it, it yeah yeah yeah. So like okay. when I get up in the morning and put my watch on the charger, about the time I sit down for my first cup of coffee, I get an alert on my iPhone that my watch is fully charged and reminds me to go get it off the charger. Yeah, I don't. Uh, do you get it on your Mac too? No, just iPhone. That's that that stinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, 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 I, I absolutely think this is going to change the way I go about charging because I do use it to track sleep. Those eight minutes worth of eight hours of sleep tracking, I sleep less than eight hours, pretty much nine out of 10 nights. So that's more than enough for me. And, you know, I, I don't have to worry about losing any stand hours or move 
credits or whatever to close the rings on my watch. I'm excited for the new watch only because it is bigger. I could use a bigger display, a larger display. I like the idea of that. I just wish there was more to it. I wish there was more health features, hardware yeah. features. Like Apple's always done that. Every year they've released some sort of new health feature. And this year it was... we made No a new sensors. Yeah, no new sensors. We added a bigger display, a more rugged uh, protective layer on the display that, you know, supposedly you could beat up a little bit more. But, you know, there's not much more to it than that. So in that way, it's a little disappointing. I think the leaks did us a disservice by showing off a whole bunch of designs that looked really, really good, and then that didn't come through. So I think there's some disappointment there that wouldn't exist if the leaks had never happened. Well, unless someone has seen Series 8, like Prosser has seen iPhone 14, but, you know, what you know, what do you do? Um... Don't get me started. All right, so after the <laughs> Apple Watch Series 7, uh, <laughs> Apple dove into Fitness Plus upgrades. One of the things I am excited yes. about is... The ability, and this isn't out yet, this won't come out till later this fall. They didn't give us a specific date. I would imagine by the end of October because that's usually around the time Apple launches new Macs or at least holds its Mac event. So Fitness Plus is gaining the ability to invite friends and share a workout through Fitness Plus. So if you and a friend wanted to do a... My wife is totally psyched about that, competing with yeah. her friends now. And, yeah. and in a way, it holds you accountable, but also there's a little bit of competition angle to it as well, right? You want to be you know, as competitive as you can with your friends who you're working out with, and it shows you know, you're taking the same class. And I, I, Look, I'm looking forward to it. I have a group of friends um, who are spread out through the country who are runners, um, and I've been riding a bike quite a bit, so we're really looking forward to testing it out. Maybe I'll actually go on a run for once. I don't do there that normally, but maybe I can convince them to hop on a bike. And there were some other upgrades as well, like guided meditation, stuff like that. That is cool. cool. I'm actually looking forward to that. That's that's looking to be like a calm or headspace killer, clearly. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, it's I mean, part of the mindfulness app on your Apple Watch, but um, I'm – running the release candidates for of all the builds, and I can't find it yet, so I assume that's coming later this fall yeah. as well. All right, so now we're finally at the star of the show, which is iPhone 13 announcement. Perlo, four models. What do we know? Well, you know, I, I wish I could be, like, super excited about iPhone this year. To me, you know, it's kind of like these are incremental updates. Um, some of them are, are more significant than others. On um, the iPhone 11... Very similar uh, design to iPhone 12. They went to a diagonal camera rear configuration rather than the uh, the, the vertical one. Um, I don't know why they did that. They must have had some engineering reason from feedback from the previous model as to why they did that. Um, it's got optical image stabilization from the Pro Max moved over, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, Obviously, A15 processor, which has got all the upticks in capabilities. It's a hexa-core. Um, it has uh, the new machine learning uh, stuff moved over from M1, uh, the 16-core. Uh, I think it's a neuroallergic engine. So that will yeah. add a lot of new, a lot of new processing capabilities for things that it could not do before. So a lot of it's in the brains. Uh, on this thing, even though that from a from a look standpoint, it doesn't look tremendously different than the iPhone 12. Yeah, the notch is a little bit smaller. I think they quoted 20% smaller, yeah, but I... it, it, it shrunk 
horizontally, but I think yeah. it grew a little bit vertically to make space for all of the face ID, true depth camera sensor stuff. Um, so the front of it looks a little bit different. Like you said, the back of the iPhone 12 versus the iPhone 13 look different because of the camera arrangement. I'm most excited for the Pro models, which is what I'm excited yeah, for every year. For but sure. there's some pretty big updates coming to the Pro models as far as the display technology goes, and that's the, the ProMotion 10 uh, hertz all the way up to 120 hertz refresh yep. rate based on what you're doing at the time on the phone. Now, Android devices have had this feature for years. Samsung you know, even made a joke yeah. yesterday about uh, welcome to having 120 hertz Apple or something. I don't remember. They tweeted something out, as Samsung does. Um, but here's my biggest concern with ProMotion on the iPhones. Now, granted, the iPad Pros have had ProMotion for years as well. Yes. Um, but battery life on a phone is a little bit different than on a tablet. And yeah. there's no toggle, as far as I can remember, on the iPad Pro to turn ProMotion off. So no. if these new iPhone Pros show up and, and battery life has taken a hit and it turns out that it's the refresh rate, hopefully there's a way to disable it. Yeah, uh, I don't you know can how... on Android devices. But. I don't know how the operating system is going to handle it. Um, I mean, obviously we've seen issues with this technology used on Android where not every app necessarily supports it, right? And like, there were, like for example, Chrome and some of the other ones do, but it, uh, on certain, and it's not consistent across Android vendors as to how it is implemented in Android either. I mean, it's something that, you know, Samsung has implemented because they own the screen tech. So they wrote the libraries and stuff to, to interface with it. I would expect that there would be APIs for iOS developers to be able to hook into this correctly, besides the built-in apps, you know, that are, are going to be in iOS, such as, you know, Safari. I don't think there's APIs for iPad developers. It just works. It's just one of those things yeah. that... I don't know. So, yeah, I, no, it's an interesting approach. I would hope there isn't, though, because then you're definitely going to take battery life hits if you're using apps that aren't optimized for it, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are certain games and, and I mean, I would think that you'd want a content app like you know apple tv plus and netflix and amazon video and hulu you'd want the high refresh rates you know yeah you know for for the for videos a high high you know high you know fast action type videos and sports and things like that you'd want that um for eye strain and 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 just to show that the more fluid motion and things like that yeah. um you know, I, I, I think it depends on the application. I mean, not every app needs to have that be running at 120 hertz at all times, you know. No, not at all. You're going to have a very short battery life if that's the case, you know. Usually you see the higher refresh rate when you're scrolling, playing games, yeah. watching videos, stuff like that. And if you're just reading text, let's say, on a Kindle or in the Kindle app, it, there's no reason for it to be pushing above 10 no. frames per second, you know. You're not doing anything that requires that. Um, but arguably, the flagship feature of the new iPhones, and this goes across all four, is upgrades to the camera system, specifically it's a big deal. video. Um, what do you know about cinematic mode, and what do you think about it? So, you know, obviously, cinematic mode is... I, I, it depends on how they implement it, right? If it's on all the time by default, it's not, it's not something I want in every single one of videos that I take. You know, that 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 bokeh, whatever thing that it's doing in the background and then the front, the front tight focus shifting in and out kind of thing. Yeah. 
I, I could see that being annoying if it was on every single video that I took. Now, if there's specific <laughs> stuff that I wanted it to be on, right. yes. You know, but I'm, I mean, I think it look, it looks cool, especially when they did the demo with the whodunit, you know, you know, yeah, the whole uh, thing, movie thing, the yeah. murder mystery thing. Yeah. It was cool, but like, I don't know if I would want it with every darn thing that I shot. Not every family video, not every food video, not every, you know, it depends. Yeah. yeah so cinematic mode, like I said, it's coming to all four models. It's yeah. limited to 1080p. You can't do it in 4K, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, that is but a bummer. What, what it does is it, it takes an object. It's basically portrait mode like you have on your, all your iPhones now where you have a, a subject in the foreground that's in focus and the background's out of focus. But now this is in video and you could swap the two. The background could be in focus and the foreground out of focus. But you could do this before, during, and after the video. You could go back and edit it or you can let the iPhone decide using machine learning when to apply it and where to apply it. They use the example of... A subject is looking at the camera and looks behind him or her, and as they do it, it changes the focus point from you know foreground to background. This is some cool stuff. I think if it's done right, it's going to be very, very cool, and we're going to see a ton of really cool videos done very well on it. In fact, I... It, it makes me, and this is going to sound weird, but it makes me wish more than ever that Apple would enable webcam support for the iPhone strictly for this feature because people spend a ton of money to get that same look on, uh, you know, with DSLR cameras for their web feeds and when they have an iPhone in their pocket that could possibly do the same thing. I, I really wish it would have official support for that. I'm excited to try it as long as it doesn't have the same growing pains that portrait mode did when it first launched where it sometimes misidentifies an object. I, I've had weird issues with portrait mode in general. Um, you know, I do take a lot of food photos and, and near like two foot close ups. Yeah. And uh, so the fact that it's going to have macro mode now, I hope that, That's you know, because cool. there's, there's always something where, you know, where you're holding that iPhone up in, in the light and you're trying to get it to the yellow thing, focus thing to light up and say you're, 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 you're sharp. And, you know, you, you want to be able to this that I sometimes you have to diddle with just getting that right focus shot with with, with portrait mode for it for the the sharpness yeah. to be the field of view to come in just the right way to want plus you can go into the f stop and actually change it from f one point four to the f ten you know manually which is what I end up typically doing um, look I, I'm looking forward to the cameras the sensors are going to be bit, a little a bit bigger they say they say it's the biggest camera sensor they've ever put in the iPhone I have not looked at compare the optic focal links between the 12 and the and the 13 but i expect them to be as good or better in terms of, of, of the way the 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 actual lens is used i think i believe now that there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a six times uh zoom on uh, optical on the new one versus the previous uh I think but, so they so they do um, something tricky with that number i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about so what yeah. they they're the ultra wide is 3x out and the uh, telephoto is 3x in, so it's a total okay. of 6x. Total so they're, 6x. They're going okay. a range of 6x. Is uh, between the three lenses. Okay, right. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. Right, right, so, the, right, right. so the ultra wide camera now doubles as a macro lens, like you were talking about. So within right. two centimeters of an object, which 
again, Android devices have had this for years, but it's always been a dedicated, very low megapixel camera that goes right. on the back. So you have like a OnePlus phone with four lenses. One of them is a macro lens that's like five megapixels and not very good. Uh, but, you know, you get some cool shots out of it, but it, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I forgot all about the macro stuff that's coming to the iPhone 13. So that'll be fun to check out as well. Uh, another highlight that I think we should talk about is the fact that all iPhone models now start at 128 gigs of storage. 64 Thank gigs God. is Thank God gone. For that. Yeah. I mean, it should have been gone years ago, Jason. It should have. It should have. And, you know, most Android phones started at 128. Apple's adding all of these fancy uh, video features to the iPhones. It only makes sense that they up the base storage amount instead of trying to raise the average selling price of all of their iPhones. And Pro models now have a one terabyte option, which I think the Pro Max uh, caps out at like $1,600 for a one terabyte model. Oh, my God. Which is just yeah. insane for a phone. That's that's Z Fold 3 territory it at is. that point. Uh, but one terabyte for someone who's making a ton of videos, yeah, I mean, you're going to need it. Yep. I, look, I, I, I'm I upgrading this year because I'm on the upgrade program. If I, if I bought a 12 and I wasn't a technology reviewer, blah, 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 I don't know if I would upgrade necessarily from a 12. I don't know if I would necessarily upgrade from an 11. Right. So it, it's because, you know, these have all been very solid phones the last three, four years. Right. So, um, you know, I'm upgrading because I'm upgrading because I'm on the upgrade program. It's a it's a lease to me, basically. Right. A um, lease. Yeah. Ba the lease that never ends. Um, <laughs> but look, uh you know, I, I think I'm sure I'll get use of it. I'm interested in the low light capability, the lower light capability, see if they've improved a bit. Because, like, like I said, I take a lot of shots without flash. Right. You know, and you're in a restaurant or whatever, you're indoors and you're taking photos of, you know, especially food photography. You know, it's, you don't want reflection of a flash off of, 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 uh, of, of liquid, off of anything in the moisture. It makes food look terrible. So you want to use natural light as much as possible with food photography, you know, and I'm shooting within, you know, one foot distances, two foot distances. So the, the macro slash closer up optics and the better sensor is going to help. Um, I'm curious what they're going to do with this. Um, I don't remember if the if the machine learning capabilities, I'm assuming that they're, if they're pulling the machine learning course from the M1, and they're dumping it in the A15 the way that it looks like they're doing in terms of, of what they're doing. Um, that will help with the image processing quite a bit, I would I would imagine. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As far yeah. as upgrading, obviously I'm upgrading. I upgrade every year. I'm with you. It's part of my job. I have talked to a few friends, yeah. though, who aren't in technology but who do love their iPhone and Apple products. They usually upgrade every year, and this year they are skipping the upgrade, which is very surprising to me. Um, and this is the first uh -oh. time I can recall them saying they are not going to upgrade, which is, like I said, surprising. But also, look, at the end of the day, the carriers are offering some really good deals on these phones. And yeah. even though there's, there's a small subset, an anecdotal subset of people who say they're not upgrading, Apple's going to sell millions of these. I For mean, sure. you, can, you can get up to $1,300 off the iPhone 13, which is more than th three of the model's costs, just by ordering the phone from Apple and going with T-Mobile. Like, 
these promotions at launch, I, it's never happened for an iPhone. Usually it's a few months after launch. Uh, and so I look, Apple's going to sell a ton of these. I'm probably going back to the Pro Max size phone this year, mm. uh, just for a bit. Because you want that, you want the refresh rates. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pro or Pro Max. uh, Yeah, absolutely. I want to use ProMotion. I think it's going to make a big difference in the overall experience. Uh, But, you know, I've enjoyed using the 12 Pro. That was the first time I'd gone down to a smaller size phone uh, over the last, I don't know, four or five years. I don't remember exactly how long. But I think it's time to go back to the bigger phone, longer battery life, bigger display, something I enjoy using. But we'll see, uh, you know, what ends up happening with all these video features? Hopefully, Apple really nailed it. Um, you know, they launch next week, so we have, uh, you know, not too long before we're going to hear, you know, initial reviews and see what people think of them. They go on sale. Pre-orders open up this Friday at 5 a.m. Yep. Pacific. I'm buying them. I'm buying. Yep. I'm buying. I'm, my Rachel's getting a new phone. I'm getting a new phone, and my parents are turning in their phones and getting and getting two thirteens. So that'll be interesting. Um, but let's talk about what we didn't get today, yesterday. We didn't get AirPods. What was that? Yeah. We did not get AirPods. I wonder why. This is one of those things that rumors have existed that AirPods are ready to go for months. What, since January? Or maybe yeah. even December there been of so last many year. Leaks about, there have been so many leaks on them, the, 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 the version 3. Yeah. I wonder what the delay is, right? These are the base model AirPods that are supposed to be getting a refresh. Apple hasn't done anything to them in a few years now. And yet, we had an event where AirPods presumably go along with an iPhone and an Apple Watch better than anything else, and no new AirPods. There's a lot of competition in the wireless earbud space now since Apple released their original AirPods. And so, um, I don't know. It's really weird that they haven't released them yet. Maybe in October. Maybe the October event, if there is one, that's where we'll see AirPods along with the new Macs. No new AirPods and no bigger HomePod. Which, you know, we've haven't heard a darn thing about at yeah, all. Just, what I want is a, a smart display from Apple. One where I could see all my HomeKit cameras and, you know, kind of like a Google Echo Show or, or Google Home or Echo Show type device. You know, an Apple HomePod show where I have... The you know, Siri show. Of, yeah, Siri yeah. show. <laughs> could you imagine the Siri show? Like the, yeah, anyways. <laughs> that would be wild. That. <laughs> we're not going to go <laughs> yeah. down that path. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would love to see that. But yeah, no AirPods yesterday, no HomePod, no Macs. There was, no there Macs. was a few things that we'd heard rumors about. So maybe the October event, if there is one, um, will we'll be where we see that. Any closing thoughts, Perlo? No, I mean obviously uh, my uh, my Apple card is about to get a major dent on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I haven't decided whether I'm going to get a Series Seven or not. I, I might just bypass it this year and wait for Series Eight. You know, wait for more sensors. Um, you know, I got two phone, two new phones, an upgrade program I'm getting. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it looks it it look. I think it was a successful event. It was a ton of stuff to go through in an hour and fifteen minutes. I actually got to a point where, you know, it got to the 55-minute point part and, you know, where they separated the, the iPhone 13 segment from the the Pro Max segment, yeah. the Pro segment. I'm like, where's the Pros? When we get to the Pros, it was like, it was like the last thing they covered, you know. And yeah. uh, they gave it plenty of time, but I, I thought we were going to cap out at like around an hour. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they weren't going to launch the, 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 the Pros. Uh, but they did. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they did. They did. Yeah, uh, but it was a lot of it was a ton of information to pack in an hour and 15. A ton. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm getting used to these virtual events, although I do wish we were back in person. I love the hands-on aspect of it that I don't get to do anymore. You know, normally we would be recording this, I'd be on the road and I'd be able to say, yeah, I checked out this feature and that feature on these devices and here's how it worked in my brief uh, hands-on time with it. And I, I miss that aspect of it. That's probably my biggest takeaway at this point with all these online-only streaming events. You know, it's it's uh, it's not fun. I enjoy meeting the people as well that, you know, put these things on, whether it's Google or Apple or Samsung or whatnot. Of course, I'll be buying stuff, reviewing stuff, and have a lot more coverage coming up. I plan on reviewing the iPad Mini and the 9th Gen iPad, uh, hopefully shortly after launch. Um, and, you know, we'll see what the iPhones bring to the table as well. And I'm this is my favorite. And this okay. is my favorite time of year because I get every single case sent to me out of existence. <laughs> I, get, I, I get my pile of 30 cases I have to go through and, and, and give away. I'm, I'm, so, I'm the case Santa Claus, man. All right. So if you're looking for a case, make sure to reach out to Jason Perlow on Twitter. He'll tell you where to go. Or maybe Santa Claus will drop off a package at your front door. Exactly. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com. Thank you.